This is Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT, a show dedicated to pet enthusiasts. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Hey everybody, welcome to Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT. As you know by now, all you got to do is go to bluezoobird.com. You can click on all the different ways to follow us. You can also go to Blue Zoo on uh, Facebook, Blue Zoo Radio. And uh, we have the shows that we've just had we post, and it's pretty easy to get hold of us. And uh, we do our thing, talking about birds, and have all the experts on. Uh, Michelle Raffin has been with us a couple times before. She's done an outstanding job, so we invited her back, and she'll be with us right after this message from KT. At KT, we know pets are part of the family. We believe in the incredible connection between people and their pets. That's why we are dedicated to providing the highest quality foods, habitats, and accessories to assure your pet's health and happiness. We create products you can trust because like you, we have a passion for pets. For over 150 years, the experts at KT have put their hearts into everything they do. Establishing KT early on as an innovator in small animal and pet bird nutrition and care. KT is at the heart of healthy, happy pets. Our guest comes to us from Northern California. She is the CEO of pandemoniumaveries.org. She's also written a book called Birds of Pandemonium that you can get on Amazon. She is Michelle Raffin. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, I'm delighted. Good to talk to you. I, uh, I wanted to get into a little bit about um, bird intelligence with you because you've mentioned it a couple times in the past couple interviews, and obviously we know that birds are smart, probably sometimes smarter than their uh, counterpart humans. <laughs> um, so I'd like to touch base a little bit about bird intelligence. I know probably some are smarter than others, but how do you look at it in general when it comes to uh, bird intelligence? I love to talk about this because I was, a user of the term bird brain uh, without thinking about it much. Um, and, you know, and before I had a life with birds, I didn't think they were very smart. I thought bird brain meant, you know, didn't have a very good brain. But boy, was I wrong about that. Because um, both my experience and a lot of research points to the fact that most birds have the intelligence of a three to five year old human child. That's pretty smart. Do they have the temperament, though? They have usually the temperament of a two-year-old, and okay, that's a really <laughs> difficult combination. You have a very smart, emotional little kid on your hands. And <laughs> so uh, that's challenging for anybody who's got a bird as part of his family. But so that would mean that the birds, you, I don't. can you get into a routine with them? Because they probably obviously need intelligence stimulation so you have to come up with things to kind of keep them uh, interested no absolutely and i think that it's helpful to realize that um these birds have um self-awareness and um probably you know it's things like self-esteem plus a really good brain and one of the things that i didn't know we got our first parrot um sort of by accident we were at a vet and my young son wanted to adopt this parrot and I made the mistake of arguing in front of the parrot why I didn't think we should bring a parrot home and this parrot has never forgiven me he still remembers <laughs> after 20 years um, 
and and I, I I say this in jest, but I also it's it, you know what I. I don't know about you, but I walk around my house and I say to myself, you know, where did I put my keys? Where is my purse? You know, my memory is not the best. But there are birds that are like the um, nuthatch. And of course, nutcrackers can store 100,000 seeds in 20 to 30,000 separate areas and can remember where it's hidden um, nine months later. Wow. So um, there's pretty phenomenal abilities that um, I'm still discovering. Language. Language is great. Now, our birds, um, you know, many of them don't have names. They didn't come to us with names. Well, they, when I say they don't have names, they don't have names that we've given them. But I know that names are important to them because they give meaning. So when I walk through the aviaries, the birds will call out and, you know, or some other bird language that identifies me by the name that that bird has given me. There, um, Cornell did a really interesting study about bird language among um, parrots, and it was I won't go into all the details of the of the study, but it they were they recorded um, both video and audio language in the nest, and what they discovered, and there's a wonderful video about it, that parents name their children in the nest. The children learn their own names their siblings' names, and their parents' names. And there have been hundreds of other sounds, you could call them words, that have been recorded that haven't quite been um, deciphered yet. But I think it's a really good bet that birds have language that's developed and descriptive and, and extensive. And that, you know, when you see these birds talking to each other, they may not just be chirping. They may be saying, hey, how's your day going? What you find to eat? Watch out, there's a human there looking at us. Be careful. I mean, they have their own cultures and societies, and they have big brains. So you're in a unique situation because you can see all types of different bird species interact. Um, Maybe sometimes somebody might have thought maybe these birds don't get along. But if you have birds, as many as you do, um, do they seem to interact on their own level at times? They do. They, um, first of all, their birds are very communicative. I, I don't know if this is just because, you know, as part of their world, they produce music, they're, you know, they're very vocal, but they communicate with each other, but they also, I know that they communicate with me. It's not uncommon for a bird to tell me that there's a problem, um, whether it's a problem of the, the seed is the wrong size, or we need more water in this dish, or I have a baby that's in trouble. They will let you know. They will let me know that they need help. Hmm. Um, I've also watched birds. Um, you know, they have a range of emotions, so they are very emotional. We talked. You you mentioned that earlier about you know what's their emotional level, but they mourn the loss of a mate. They mourn the loss of a child. They are ecstatically happy when they meet someone cool. You know, and new guy was in the neighborhood. You know, all the females are really excited, and it's really interesting to see that. Their um, their culture is not unlike um, the cultures that we experience. So I am in constant awe at um, their intelligence, among other things, but also just their ability to interrelate with with each other and with the world around them. And well, I, you know, we measure we measure animals on human intelligence on our human intelligence scale. If you measured me on bird intelligence, I would fail miserably. <laughs> yeah, they can migrate. They do all kinds of things. I, I don't have the faintest idea how to 
get around without my navigation system. Well, it's it's interesting because every time you ever hear about you know, some of the animals that are the smartest, the elephants have the memories, the dolphins are highly intelligent, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. I mean, that, that perfect example of the birds finding their seeds over 20 or 30 different thousand locations, that there's, you can't make that stuff up, right? I mean, it, it has to do with having exactly. some sort of intelligence. Exactly. I mean, there there's now documentation of birds making and using um, tools. Um, there's there's a, t- a cockatoo that fashioned a um, a fish hook out of a piece of wood in an aviary. Um, there's there's research and documented with videos of birds doing um, complex problem solving like eight steps. So that you know they have to you know fish out a a tool that they then use to get another tool. And in one case, it was to get a stone. The birds then drop the stone into the appropriate vat of water. So they had to have a sense of how big and how heavy the stone was, continuing to drop until the object that they needed floated to the top. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we have only begun to scratch the surface of understanding their capabilities. So we definitely... Yes. Well, let's say we learned two things today. One, that you sleep with one eye open when you're near your son's parrot that you adopted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, the, and the other one is that bird brain is actually a compliment. So I, I'm sure, though, if I throw that out there as a compliment to somebody, they're going to look at me like I'm weird. So we'll, we'll have to work on that. <laughs> uh, well, the other thing is, you know, people people say eat like eat like a bird, meaning very little. But in fact, birds eat a lot. And if you look at your body weight. Yeah, I've known not to say anything about to anybody about eating. It's not uh, you, you just get yourself in trouble. So can't say nothing nice. Don't right. say anything at all. That's correct. That's definitely correct. She is Michelle Raffin. She is the CEO of PandemoniumAveries.org and also wrote a book, Birds of Pandemonium, which is also on Amazon if you want to check it out. Michelle, thank you so much. I appreciate all the interviews you've done. You've done a great job. And like I've always said, please uh, feel free to reach out if you ever need us to do something for you. You're you're doing great work and uh, look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Michelle. That is Michelle Raffin, CEO of Pandemonium Avery's. Don't forget the book on Amazon, Birds of Pandemonium. Check out kt.com for all your bird and Avery needs. This is Blue Zoo Bird presented by KT. Thanks for joining us.